Section 14 of A Lady's Visit to the Gold Diggings of Australia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Lady's Visit to the Gold Diggings of Australia by Alan Clacy. Section 14. South Australia. Adelaide, the capital of South Australia, was the last formed of the three sister colonies. In 1834 an act of colonization was obtained, and land, both in town and country, sold rapidly. The colonists, however, were most unfortunately more engaged in speculating with the land than grazing upon or tilling it, and the consequence was that in a few years the South Australians were only saved from a famine by the unexpected arrival overland of herds and flocks from Victoria. As it was, horses and cows of a very indifferent kind were sold for more than a hundred pounds apiece, and sheep for five pounds a head. The discovery of the copper mines alone saved the country from ruin. The first was the Capunda. It was accidentally discovered by a shepherd, who picked up a piece on the surface of the ground and showed it to his master. Pieces of copper ore may even now be found in the same way. Next followed the far-famed Burra Burra. In the latter mine there is a great quantity of malachite, which, when smelted, gives copper at an average of 85%. South Australia possesses the finest river in Australia, namely the Murray, on which steamers will soon ply as far as 500 miles up the country. On either side of this river is a thick and dry scrub, sometimes 10, sometimes 30 miles wide. In this scrub, manna is not unfrequently found, to the great delight of the natives, who are very fond of it. It is of a very excellent description, and in colour has a slight tendency to pink. Adelaide itself is a well-laid-out town. The streets are built in the same manner as in Sydney and Melbourne, but those in Adelaide are much wider. Many of the buildings and warehouses are highly creditable, particularly when we take the juvenile age of the colony into consideration. Adelaide has never yet been a transportation colony, and the society there is usually considered more recherche than in any other city in Australia. The climate is very good, and the vine flourishes as in the south of France. The principal export of South Australia is copper, to which may be added some wool and tallow. The roads about are excellent and the small farms in the neighbourhood are more in the English style than one could expect to meet with so many thousand miles away from home. The overland route from Adelaide to Melbourne is about 400 miles in length. In summer the road is pretty good, but in winter a lake or swamp of 20 miles extent has to be waded through. The scrub about South Australia is very thick, and any one may easily lose themselves in it. This has, in fact, often been the case, 
and a fearful instance of it occurred some few years ago. A young lady, the daughter of a gentleman residing near Adelaide, started out one Sunday afternoon with a book as her companion. Evening came, and she did not return, which alarmed her family, and search was made far and near, but in vain. On the fourth day they at length discovered her lying dead at the foot of a tree. The pages of her book were covered with sentences, pricked in with a pin, expressive of the sufferings and of her unveiling efforts to retrace her steps. She was only three miles from her father's house when she sunk down to die of hunger, thirst, and exhaustion, and probably during the whole time of her wanderings had never exceeded that distance from her home. The Adelaide gold diggings began to excite attention in the months of August and September, 1852. In October, the following report was made. Camp Achunga, Goldfields, October 2, 1852. Sir, I have the honour to state for the information of His Excellency the Lieutenant Governor that since my last report sixty licences have been issued, making a total of three hundred and fifty-six. Many families of respectability have arrived, and are now living in comfortable and commodious tents. The presence of well-dressed women and children gives to the goldfields, apparently distinguished for decorum, security, and respectability. From the feeling of greater security and comfort, combined with cheapness of living, all classes of diggers are unanimous in their preference of this place to Victoria. The nugget of gold which I have forwarded for His Excellency's inspection, weighing about an ounce and a half, was found about seven feet below the surface. There are some few amongst the lately arrived who expressed dissatisfaction with the result of their labours and observations, while others, who have been working for the last month, have promptly renewed their expired licences. Signed, A. J. Murray, Assistant Gold Commissioner, the Honourable, the Colonial Secretary. In the month of October, several pieces of gold, weighing each half an ounce and upwards, were found and a few of the holes that had been abandoned by inexperienced hands when taken possession of by old diggers on the Turin or the Bendigo, were found to contain good washing stuff. The diggings were well supplied with food of every kind, and during the summer months there could be no lack of fruits and vegetables in abundance, at reasonable prices, supplied from the numerous and well-cultivated farms and gardens around. This is certainly an advantage over the diggings of Victoria or New South Wales, if gold really does exist in paying quantities, if not, all the fruit and vegetables in the world would not keep the diggers at a chunga. The following lament was circulated in Adelaide, but not one of the newspapers there would print it. They were all too anxious for the success of their diggings to countenance any grumblers against them. A lament for my thirty shillings, dedicated to the Achunga victims. My one pound ten, 
my one pound ten, I paid as license fee. Ah, cruel Bonnie, pray return, that one pound ten to me. When to Wachunga diggings first I hastened up from town, thy tent I sought with anxious care, and paid the money down. And though my folly ever since I bitterly deplore, it soothes my mind to know there were three scores of fools before. Then Bonnie listen to my lay, and if you wish to thrive, send back the money quick to me, to number sixty-five. Who wants but little here below, nor wants that little long, had better to a chunga go, and not to Mount Karong. And as for me, I like a swag, at least a little more, than what we got there in a week, eight pennyweights monks four. For that of surface earth we washed, of dray loads half a score, I'll swear that cradling never seemed such tedious work before. To sink for gold we then commenced, with grief I must confess, twice fruitless toil, although we went down thirty feet or less. All you who've paid your one pound ten are on your license told that then you are entitled to remove alluvial gold. But if the alluvial gold's not there, I'd like to have it proved, by what ingenious process it can ever be removed. Then back to Bendigo I'll haste, to seek the precious ore, although my one pound ten I fear returns to me no more. Yet as the boundary line I cross, my parting prayer shall be, Ah, cruel Bonnie, pray return, my one pound ten to me. Antigropolis, Adelaide, September 1852 With a short extract from the South Australian Register of February 7, 1853, I shall conclude my remarks on the Adelaide diggings. The Goldfields Although there is at the diggings everything to indicate gold in large quantities, none have succeeded in realising their hopes. The majority content themselves with what they can get on Chapman's Hill and Gully, knowing that, if a fresh place is discovered, they will stand as good a chance as those who have spent months in trying to find better ground. The quantity of gold taken to the assay office during four consecutive weeks, amounting to less than 4,000 ounces, the Governor has proclaimed that after the 17th of February the office will be closed. End of Section 14